There are certain heroes of the faith. I think if the Lord was working through Hebrews chapter 11 of those heroes of the faith, there would be new names included in that list of heroes of the faith. And to me, one of those couples that would be added would be Ryan and Caitlin Dodge. Ryan and Caitlin came to Jerry and I and talked to us and just said, we feel like God wants us to do this, but it's an unsurmountable hurdle we'd have to get over to be able to go down to Haiti and work down there and spend months and months and months ministering down there. And and they, they just said, it'll have to be all God. God's always up for the challenge, amen? Always up for the challenge. So we're like, yeah. Well, Ryan and Caitlin, heroes to me of what they've done and how they've been such a huge example to us stepping out in faith. They're going to come and share with us a little bit of what God has done in them and through them there in a country of Haiti. And by the way, today we're emphasizing our missions, what God's doing through our missions ministry here. And so they're an extension of us. We love you guys. Give it up for Ryan and Caitlin. Who wants to make sure? Thank you. Good morning. I didn't think we were going to have to follow baptisms, so this is a little intense. <laughs> All righty, let me pull my notes up. Okay. Um, so Ryan and I, we spent nine months down in Haiti. Uh, we've been back for about six weeks now, which is really weird. Um, yeah, so we were serving with an organization called My Life Speaks, and there are just so many things we could talk about, but it's a crazy busy Sunday. So I just picked the thing that I was the most proud to have participated in. And uh, that would have been our Night to Shine special needs prom. Um, I think I have a picture. Yeah. Okay. So the Night to Shine prom we had for, um, it was hosted by the Tim Tebow Foundation super cool um, experience. So this prom, we had 15 kids of our own um, that are in our special needs class at My Life Speaks. And then we also invited other organizations from all over the country to come and participate in this prom. Um, This was near and dear to our hearts because we were glass slipper volunteers with Allison Waters wherever she landed. Um, So yeah, so this was a really cool event for us to get to participate in. People from all over the U.S. donated dresses and shoes and accessories and I mean look how fabulous they looked um yeah it was just a great time we were really really blessed um God showed up in all sorts of crazy big ways for this event um it rained all day long which we were in a crazy drought so of course it would rain all day long (laughs) um and it stopped just in time for us to start decorating the courtyard and actually get things ready so we could host 300 people for this event Um, And then also a really cool thing that happened was Tim Tebow actually showed up and came to Haiti to hang out with us. Um, We were told he wouldn't. Um, Haiti is kind of a political hot mess right now. So his people were like, yeah, he's going to opt out of this one because it's crazy right now. And then all of us girls were up getting ready together. And this little girl comes in and says, hey, Ryan said Tim Tebow's here and you guys need to come downstairs. And this poor little girl, we're all like, whatever, Ryan is so full of it, get out of here. Well, Tim Tebow was in the hallway listening to us. Uh, So that was awkward. Uh, 
But, I mean, it was amazing that he got to come because in Haiti, nobody had any idea who he was, so he actually got to serve with us. Um, it was really weird for me to be like, hey, Tim, can you help me serve all these kids out in the courtyard? Like, can you come in the kitchen for a minute? Um, but it was really cool to have him there, and because of him being there, he went on Good Morning America the next morning, and my husband's picture was on Good Morning America, which was super weird. Uh, <laughs> And our kids, this picture was all over the place. It was in People magazine. Um, people got to hear all about My Life Speaks just because Tim Tebow randomly showed up. Um, and then the coolest part of that for me was getting to go to the houses in the village where these parents were and show them, hey, millions of Americans saw your kid on some TV show. And that just blew their minds. They were like, are you kidding me? Um, so that was really cool. And just the transformation for our kids and their parents. Um, they'd never had anything like this. These kids don't, I mean, they don't have the means for any sort of party like this. So for us to be able to bless them, bless their families, um, this little girl in the red dress, Cami, she's 14. She has cerebral palsy. She can't really communicate. Um, but I mean, look at that massive smile on her face. She, when we were getting her ready, um, we were able to hire some ladies in the village to do hair and makeup and things like that. And the lady who was doing her hair, when she saw her dress, she said, Cammie doesn't deserve that dress. Cammie can't even walk. Nobody's going to see it. Well, Cammie's nanny happened to be around the corner and came in and said, um, excuse me, Cammie's a princess in Christ's eyes, so you can keep that to yourself. <laughs> so it was just really cool to see their caregivers and their parents be so inspired and so on fire for what God was able to do for their kids for this one evening. Um, we had a parent's lounge, so we were like, hey, we'll take this evening, we'll do everything, you guys can hang out, eat, drink, just have a good time, relax. They all hung out for about five minutes, and then they were out in the courtyard wanting to see what their kids were doing. They'd never seen anything like this. They wanted to be with their kids. And that was the coolest thing for us, because it would be so easy for them to just take that time for themselves and they just didn't want to um one of the girl's dads was following her around with his flip phone taking pictures telling anybody who would listen in creole sa petite moi that's my girl um that was just really precious for us because it's really easy for them to just not um and i think the highlight of the evening for me they have a crowning ceremony they put tiaras and crowns on each of the kids' heads and tell them that they are princes and princesses in the eyes of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to cry talking about it. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Ryan and let him talk about what he did. <laughs> All right. So like Caitlin said, we could talk for hours about... Um, all the amazing things that we were able to do in Haiti. Um, but I'm going to talk about one thing in particular, which was... Um, the garden that I helped get up and running. If y'all remember, I came here, I believe it was in September, and I just poured my heart out about all these other crazy things that were happening, happening in Haiti. And I saved the last two or three minutes to talk to you about hunger in Haiti and this crazy drought that they're going through and how I felt like God was really, really putting it on my heart um, to get an organic rooftop micro farm on some roof <laughs> up and running. And so I shared that with you all, and I said, but I don't have any money. And so I want to show this church, um, you all gave to this. And so I want to show you what you did. So I think I have a few pictures, and we'll start from there. So this is the roof. Um, 
It's not the greatest picture, um, but this is on the second floor of the My Life Speaks campus, and the tree behind it um, is a mango tree, and it's so full of life and is constantly producing delicious fruit. And I have some guys on the roof. I believe that group of men, they came down from Tennessee, and they were helping uh, get the roof over, so fixed up. So we can go to the next slide. All right, there's some other guys working, and as you can see, there are some pallets. I didn't know how I was going to make some raised beds, and a lot of the kids who were going to be in my program for the gardening class had expressed that they were terrified of heights and that they felt like they were going to die. And I was like, you are a Haitian. You will climb a 60-foot mango tree to get some fresh fruit, but you won't go up 40 feet. And so I had to put a wall up, and... Um, the easiest thing for us to do um, uh, was just to get some pallets. They're super inexpensive, and they're crazy durable. Uh, so that's what we made our wall out of. Let's go to the next slide. All right, here are the beds. Now look at this. We have six amazing beds. Those beds are actually made out of pallets. So I believe we used around 60 or 70 pallets. Um, we would just stack like 15 or 20 up on our little broken down van and uh, drive from the city um, to our little village. And um, yeah, we would take the pallets apart and make them, turn them into beds. So I have um, some folks staining them. And that group is from Kentucky. Let's go to the next slide. All right, here's where things get exciting and interesting. So I don't have a crazy green thumb, but I love getting out in the dirt. I love gardening. It's a lot of fun, but I really didn't know too much of what I was doing. So I partnered with an organization called Harvest 107, and they are doing amazing things. And that organization is ran by a 14-year-old. Her parents are her, like, she's the boss of her parents. It's insane. It's so bizarre. And, um, yeah, so she helped us get everything up and running in this picture, um, Caitlin's in there helping get the garden beds ready. We lined it with tarp, and then we also... These were self-sustaining uh, garden, raised garden beds. So we'll go to the next slide, and I think it will sh it'll show the watering system. So you've got a PVC pipe um, that runs down to that orange thingy. I don't even know what it's called. A hose. There we go. We poked some... <laughs> there you go. Hope I'm making you proud, Pastor Tim. So, <laughs> so what we would basically do, I know it's crazy, um, we would put water into um, that watering system, and it would hold water for um, a, anywhere from about a week to two weeks, so we wouldn't have to put water in there very often. Let's go to the next slide. And there it is, all finished and ready to go. Um, there's dirt um, just from across the street, and then there also, we also, also purchased um, soil compost from an organization called Soil Haiti. They're doing amazing things, um, have been featured in um, National Geographic magazine several times, and they're doing crazy things all over the world um, as far as proper sanitation and all that exciting stuff. So we got soil and uh, some compost and put it in the beds and we'll go to another picture and those are some kids in my gardening class that um, they're harvesting and helping take care of the red malabar spinach um, and that's 
Um, really, really exciting. All of the beds were mostly successful. Some plants died. Um, some plants just went crazy above and beyond what we ever expected. And yeah, they even pulled some plants because they thought that they were weeds. These kids had no idea what they were doing. But they were so excited, they were so eager to get up there, get up to the rooftop and see what was going on. I had them for four hours a week, um, and it was just amazing. Um, I wish I could show you some more pictures. Unfortunately, I don't have a ton. Um, However, these kids in these pictures, most of them are child slaves. The girl in the red tank top wearing that plaid skirt, she's a sex slave. She's 16 years old and is forced to sleep with 40 men a week. Totally different. It's totally insane. It's just insane. But we were so blessed enough to get children like that um, who their owners, their masters, if you will, um, let us hang out with them for a few hours a week. And the joy on their face when they were with us was amazing. It's just insane. Um, One other quick story. With this gardening class, I had 14 kids in this gardening class. None of them wanted to be in my gardening class. They wanted to do music or cooking or art class. But I said, hey, if you want to be in this program, you have to do um, a three-month rotation of each life skills class. And after about a month, Actually, it was about two months into our gardening class. I said, okay, we're starting to wind up. We're going to talk about, we're really finishing uh, this up. And they said, we don't want to leave. We love this class. We love to see this life, all of this exciting, all of these exciting things that are happening up here. And they said, can we stay for another month? And I said, well, let me talk to the other instructors and see what we can do. And I said, okay, I can extend you guys for another four months. I said, but after that, that's it. Another month. So, I, you know, so they had a total of four months up there. And at the end of the four months, it was time for graduation. And they, all, they had all graduated, and they came back the next Monday, and they were like, we're here to garden. And I was like, no, 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 it's over. You should be in cooking class. Um, but they were so eager and so excited just to be up there. Um, I had the opportunity to take these kids into the city, a place that they had never been before. Um, we took them into Port-au-Prince to the Sugarcane Museum. And um, it was I had gone into the city sometimes multiple times a week um, to either go to the airport to pick up Americans or to go grocery shopping. You name it, we did it. And um, our village is probably about five miles off of the main highway. And so I got on the school bus with these kids. We left at 6 o'clock in the morning. And it was just a normal trip for me into the city. And once we pulled off of the dirt road onto um, the practically dirt highway, um, the kids started looking out the windows, and they were just mesmerized by what they were seeing. They had never been into the city before they had just been in their village which is like a mile long and 600 yards wide it's really nothing exciting um so just to expose them um to all sorts of things and what their beautiful country has to offer and they said to me we're ashamed that we're haitian and we've never seen anything like this and we don't like what we see and i said look at those mountains they're beautiful 
those are from God and just all these amazing things. So I think at the end of the day, they were really truly proud of their country and of the education that they received. Um, So obviously, Caitlin and I are no longer in Haiti. Um, It's been the last six weeks have been um, an emotional roller coaster, um, but it's been exciting and it's been a lot of fun. Um, The garden is still going. It's been really, really exciting. Um, I really spent the last few weeks, or really the whole time I was down there, I said, okay, God, if we leave, you know, when you call us back to the States, this garden still has to keep going. And um, that was something I was just constant, constantly praying about. Um, Who are you going to bring along to teach this garden? And um, just about a month before I left, I talked to some other guys, but I just, they, they weren't it. They weren't qualified. They were just, they had some experience, but they were just, it just didn't feel right. And I was really, really getting discouraged. And about two or three weeks before we left, um, this big guy, full of muscle, I mean, he's intense. His arms are this big and his legs are like toothpicks. Yes, he is just, he is so intense, and he needs to stop skipping leg day. But he is actually our head of security, and he said, I heard you're moving back to the States. He said, I want to take over the garden. And I was like, that's hilarious. You're our head of security. You're too intense to hang out with a whole bunch of teenagers and plant seeds all day. And he said, no, let me show you my garden. So he took me across the village, and he showed me this amazing garden, something I'd never seen before. And um, I said, what do you do with this food? And he said, this is how I provide for my family. He said, they don't work. And, uh, yeah, so um, (laughs) it's pretty crazy. Um, But God brought on the right person at the right time. So this garden... um, that was built in a month, the whole entire month of October. I had about 75 people from all over the United States come down and help build um, this garden. And it's still up and running. It's thriving, and uh, it's really, really exciting. So I want to thank you all for your thoughts and your prayers and your really, your truly generous donations because these kids wouldn't be figuring out how to provide for themselves or to provide for their families if it wasn't for you all sitting in the sanctuary right now. Um, so one really just quick thing, I don't know where I am at on time, but that's what <laughs> happens when you give me a microphone. Um, <laughs> living in Haiti, we didn't hear from a lot of people. We were always really incredibly busy living in our own little world, and it was great. We had our own community. We had our own support system of Americans living down there. Um, But any time I did hear from somebody, it always came at the right time. Um, In October, November, I was sitting, Caitlin and I were sitting on the porch of one of our elderly friend's houses, and uh, he was dying. He had gangrene. He had uncontrollable diabetes. He didn't really even know about it. And he had stubbed his toe, turned into gangrene, and they would have just been able to remove a toe or two, but it ended up being um, a below-the-knee amputation after weeks of trying to get him to a proper hospital. And I was convinced. I was rubbing his head, um, and I really just felt like he 
I mean, he was going to die within, I would say, 12 hours. That was it. And um, actually got a Snapchat from Rusty Elderdice. Um, and I didn't, I don't even know why I was looking at the, my phone then because I was with a dying man. And I opened it up. I was like, oh, a Snapchat. Let's see who it's from. And um, I don't even really remember what it said. But in that moment, I was like, this man's not going to die. I said, I have friends back in the States who are praying for me right now. And all of those prayers are going to this man. So our friend Joel is alive and well. He's doing amazing. And um, so if you have friends in the mission field or you support anybody in the mission field, remember just to call them, text them, email them, send them a Snapchat, whatever. Um, and just tell them that you love them because life is hard out there. And you're constantly getting attacked by the devil because... Uh, he doesn't like what you're doing, and he doesn't want he doesn't want to see people getting saved, and he doesn't want to see people getting educated. Um, so yeah, that's all we have. Caitlin and I will be at the picnic. So if you want to hear more exciting stories, you can find us. <laughs> Good job, guys. That's some exciting stuff, there, isn't it? It is. And to know that, you know, that we were part of that. I remember the day they announced this vision to do that rooftop garden. And I remember we took an offering that day. And, you know, he figured he needed X number of dollars. And, and not only we took the offering, but there was somebody even visiting that day that was so impressed. They ran out to their car, got a checkbook, came back in and wrote a check for $1,000 that brought it to right the amount that they needed to do that garden. And that's an awesome thing. I mean, give God the glory for that. Amen. So it's it's exciting to see how God is using our people and uh, just here locally and overseas. And it's exciting, exciting to hear and sad, too, to hear some of the stories, especially these kids that they've been rescuing out of slavery and, and the, the many, many they feed every day. How, how many are they feeding now, Ryan and Caitlin? 150 kids five days a week. And so that ministry has really been expanding, and what a, what a great ministry it is.